Cena. Yeah. All I have in this world is my balls, my word. The African anteater ritual. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Someone should tell that girl, you don't have to take your clothes off. Amanda Jones is no minor leaguer who will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Oh, me, Mr. Butterfingers. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I love you guys. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. I'm so sure. I'm Spun Counter Guy. Thanks for stopping by. Well, we're back in our favorite decade, the 1980s, and this time we're going back to school, talking mostly about teachers, the ones we had crushes on, the ones we got in trouble with, but also the educators who weren't just collecting a paycheck and took that extra time to help us young morons get a little smarter and avoid a few pitfalls. There's the bell. Let's get to class. Okay, so when I was in uh, middle school, I've been told, like, hey, you're a math genius or whatever. And, and math does come easy for me. Literally, in college, I was a political science major at a liberal university. I'm conservative by nature. And so I made straight A's in everything except my political science classes, in which I made straight B's because it's all, like, you know, I'll get an assignment. Hey, read the Communist Manifesto and write a 15-page paper on why this will or will not work. And, of course, I'm writing will not work, and here's why, and then I'm getting a B. So in college, I took Calculus 3 because I knew I could get an easy A and balance out my GPA. That is not a joke. But in middle school, 7th and 8th grade, the popular thing was to just cheat on everything. And so in both my Algebra 1 and Algebra 2 class in 7th and 8th grade, I cheated the entire time. I never did the homework. I cheated on all the tests. Now, how did you cheat? So, um, you know, in the class before algebra, I'd ask some girl, let me see your homework, and I'd copy it. Ah. And then on the test, you know, I'd just arrange with somebody next to me or around me, and I'd look over their shoulder, and they'd have the test position. And so I made straight A's, cheating for two straight years. Mm. So freshman year in high school, uh, I'm the... My first semester was college algebra. I can't do any of this math, none of it, because I've cheated this whole time. All the lessons that you need, like college algebra builds on this algebra one, algebra two stuff, uh-huh. right? And I don't know how to solve a fucking equation because, <laughs> and because it's high school, it's a new high school. I was zoned in a weird place. I was zoned for, um, it was called Glenside Middle, but... Um, zone for Glenbard West High School, and almost everybody that went to Glenside Middle went to Glenbard North. All my friends were at a different high school, so all my cheat buddies <laughs> were gone. <laughs> uh, my resources were depleted. So we get very near the end of the first quarter, and I've got like a D minus in a math class, and I know my mom's going to yeah. kill me. So I've got two choices, drop this class or come clean. So I go in, her name was Miss Garen. I go into her office one Monday morning and say, Miss Garen, I got to talk to you. And she says, all right. And of course, she thinks I'm a horrible student because I'm getting a D minus in, mm-hmm. in her class. And she thinks it's from lack of effort. And it isn't lack of effort. It's complete lack of knowledge. I said, I realize I am almost failing this class. 
but I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy, and if I'm given some instruction, I can get this grade up. But I gotta tell you, I went through my last two years of middle school math and didn't do a single homework assignment, cheated on every exam, and got straight A's. And she right away says, well, you clearly don't belong in this class. you got to get back. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can handle it. I can handle it. I just need a little help. And to her credit, she said, okay, I get here every day at 7. School didn't start till like 8.15. She said, I get here every day at 7. If you'll be in my office or waiting for me outside my office at 7 a.m., I'll teach you this stuff you missed. But you miss one day, and we're done for good, and you're just going to have to sink or swim on your own. So I showed up every day for the rest of that semester and got caught up on two and a half years of math and ended up, I think I only got B's in her class. But after that, I was able to stay in the track I was in mathematically and get these good grades. So thank you, Miss Garen. I appreciate it. But that was wise on her part to put the conditions. Conditions, because a lot of kids, maybe some other kids would have made the kind of speech you did, but then... Not showing up. Right. Right. And well, I knew like basically... I was going to be grounded for life. Once I went into that office and confessed, this is what happened. Mm. If it got back to my parents, I'd probably still be grounded and I'm 47. (laughs) So so for me, whatever conditions she put out, if she just said, you got to take a lap in a pool of hot lava, I'd have taken the lap because it would have been preferable to going home and telling my parents, yeah, I know I got A's the last two years, but I cheated. Young teacher, the subject of school girl fantasy she wants me so badly knows what she wants to be uh, my freshman year miss Copadage. she didn't look like your normal high school teacher i mean she looked like something that uh you know she was like a dallas cowboy cheerleader or something all i remember is you know the times of her writing on the chalkboard i'm sure i was supposed to be taking notes at the time but i don't think i took notes at that time i had this computer teacher in i think eighth grade she was really really pretty but she looked just like michael sweet from striper teacher crush at one time and her name was Mrs. Abel and she used to get upset when uh, students would say hey Miss Abel why? I don't know she didn't like the hey she (laughs) she thought that was so that wasn't proper English right and so it would always be this one student and uh, she would always get on her skin said today I don't want no one to say hey Miss Abel hey Miss Abel but how are we going to uh, interact with you or communicate with you? And she would really just, just get upset and um, send her to the coat room. What's the coat room? And that's when all the students would come in and they would hang their coats in the coat room. It was like a one kind of their timeout place? Mm-hmm. She would put them in there for the time. She would put her in there for her timeout. Wow. And she's like, this is where you're going to go until you understand not to say, hey, Miss Abel. Well, the reason why I had a crush on her is because um, she was blessed in the front. Okay. And so what I would do is, I was a young child, you know, I had to be like, what, uh, six or seven. Well, maybe you were thinking milk. Yeah, probably wasn't. But, you know, what she would do is like, I would always hand her my paper, different papers, and she would always lean forward and pick it up, you know. And I said, 
Hmm, that's why I would give her another paper. So she was wearing like a low cut Yeah, thing? she was wearing a low cut. Hmm. Maybe she liked you. Yeah. And she was like, oh, wow. She's like, oh, you always finish first. <laughs> and, you know, she would lean down and pick it up and everything. Hmm. You know? And they would clap, too. I mean, it was like, like that together, you know? I'm like, wow. Young love, teacher's pets. Cheeks flushed, apple red. Bringing you every day. Begging for a word of praise. I remember one time in my English class, I had a wonderful English teacher my senior year of high school. I have a trick where I pull all this paper out of my mouth, like a ribbon. Yeah, it's a magic trick. It's literally 25 feet long, okay, but it comes out of my mouth. In English class, English class, I thought, I'm going to do this. So I started coughing enough for people to, the teacher to stop teaching. Like I said, Scott, are you okay? And then I pulled this 25-foot <laughs> multicolored coil out of my mouth. And everybody just stopped. And this is before David Blaine on TV or, you know, I mean, and they're just like, they couldn't believe, like, you know, and they're, they're laughing by this point. And I, and so, but she didn't yell at me. She came over. She was very Mary Poppins kind of a character, old, much older. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she was in her 90s still at this point. And um, she took it from me and hung it over the blackboard and continued to teach. <laughs> I studied nuclear science. I love my classes. I got a crazy teacher. He wears dark glasses. Joe Amiano is one of the teachers I always looked up to. I had him as a football coach, had him for driving. He was friends with my dad, and I was just, he just the type of guy that I'd, I'd looked up to. When in school, I got several speeding tickets, and got, I got one for running a red light, and anyway, I got sent to defensive driving. So I think this was sometime during my senior year, and so I, I get the paperwork, I show up, it's, it's in Boonville High School, I go and walk into the classroom, Mr. Almiano is the instructor for the class, and he's sitting at the desk with his with his head down, looking at some papers. And I laid my paper on it, and I slid it over, and he seen it. And he looked up at me, and all he said was, "I'm very disappointed in you." I felt so bad <laughs> at that point. I was like, "Cause I got like an A in driving, <laughs> and got wavered." <laughs> you would never know it by your yeah. multiple tickets. <laughs> It's funny, but Mr. Amiano, I had him for a driving teacher as well. And the very first day that we actually went out on the road, you know, got out from those film... Simulators. Simulators, yeah. When we got out of the simulating stage, and the very first day it was snowing, and I was nervous. Right? I had driven a tractor and stuff before, but never a car on the road. And he's like, okay, you're up, Bucky. And I remember we went down the hill... And we're going sideways because it's icy and everything. And You're sliding? Yeah, we're sliding. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm terrified. And uh, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this. He's like, you're doing great, Bucky. I did everything that they told us to do, like, you know, turn opposite and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't seem like I had any control over the car. But he never did, like, put his brake on, you know, the brake that's sitting on his side. Mm -hmm. And he was very encouraging, even though I, I was pretty sure we were going to die. But Oh, wow. I remember later, um, you know, it didn't snow that much up here. It snowed some, but... When I went to college down in Nashville, and it snows even less down there, but there was a giant snow that a lot of the folks that I went to college with, they were from Florida or Texas and other places. They had never seen snow. And so on occasion, someone would knock on my door and ask, could I drive them somewhere? They really needed something. They couldn't drive in the snow. I remember even one guy, he was married, but for some reason he and his wife were still using um, uh, birth control prophylactics. 
and he really wanted to, I guess, engage, and they, he really needed one. <laughs> so I drove him to the store in his car <laughs> to, to buy him, and he bought me like a soda or something for my, and thanks. I was like, I do what I can, man. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Amiano. I'm doing all right, getting good grades. The future's so bright. So in junior high school, there was a, uh, it was one of the, I think it was a music teacher. <laughs> and so she was, we were running the study hall. And so we would sit in study hall and we were playing poker and all kinds of stuff in the study hall. And then she would, she left the room a few times. And so a bunch of us, they tried to open the back windows and we were literally trying to throw the desks out the back, <laughs> out the back windows of the classroom and instead of the desk we couldn't get the desk out so people started throwing all the books out the back window i'd like to believe i didn't participate in throwing anything out the window well if i remember correctly didn't someone throw the book out that had their name in it that's entirely possible that <laughs> they got in trouble like idiots naughty boys in nasty schools and masters breaking all the rules having fun and playing pool smashing up the woodwork i was a senior and me and a guy by the name of Mark Barkley had an algebra class with uh, Mrs. Harris. And we always sat in the back. She would be writing up on the board, and I'd start making these animal noises. Like, you know, a cow mooing or whatever, like real loud and stuff. How, how does a cow sound? It, it was like, like that, you know. So I am just like, every now and then, I would just start doing this. And everyone would start laughing, and she'd turn around. Well, I would do it like... Practically every class, you know. Because <laughs> you don't know when to stop. Yeah, because I don't know when to stop. Then, like, a month into the class, I, she just had enough, and she just, like, started yelling at me. She goes, okay, now you need to go down to the principal's office. And I was like, no one wants to go to the principal's office. And I, like, apologize. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I will not do it again, you know. And <laughs> You need to move it to the principal's, <laughs> principal's office right office. now, young man. Yeah. From <laughs> class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, middle school again remember i'm a rascal miss vanderplug dang she was hot i mean every dude in the school like to this day if i'm on facebook and i'm friends with some of those guys from middle school miss vanderplug comes up of course we're like these 12 year old acne pot middle schoolers and she's this 30 year old gorgeous woman but we all think yeah fox that was the word we used back then right and we all think we got a shot with her. And we don't. She's married. <laughs> and, right? Yeah. Anyway, we're in a, she taught uh, language arts. So we're in the back of the class, me and my buddies, because that's where all the trouble sits. There's an electrical outlet back there. And we discover if you push a paperclip through an eraser on a pencil and bend it paperclip just so you can plug that in the outlet... And funny shit happens, you know. <laughs> Sparks fly. Sometimes the pencil shoots out of there. Wow. So we're back there doing this mm-hmm. as usual. I don't know what we did wrong on this one versus the other ones, but a whole bunch of sparks come out and the paperclip shoots out on the floor and catches the floor on fire. Carpet. No, it's uh, VCT tile. So it is smoking, flaming, and wow. melting. And Miss Vanderplug has her back to us and is writing on the thing. And my friend David Straza, he's the only one who's thinking clearly at all because the rest of us are like, holy crap, the school's on fire and it's all our fault. Jumps out of his chair and starts stomping the flames out. 
Miss Vanderplug turns around and says, David, what are you doing? And he starts throwing up his arms and tap dancing. He goes, I'm dancing. I'm dancing. And she bought it? And she bought it. She just goes, sit down, David. It's no time to dance. <laughs> wow. The only reason she bought this is you got to imagine the five of us in the back of this room... All year long, just causing all kinds of trouble and whatever. Like, you know, dancing is probably the least obnoxious thing this kid has done this week. Why don't I just tell him to sit down? So I assume he was successful in his uh, putting out the fire dance. Yeah. <laughs> summer before I went to college, I worked for the arts high school I just graduated from. They needed help in the office. I take that back. I worked in the office and I worked for a scenic design company hanging drops, mm-hmm. theater drops. But we had a secretary that had been our the school secretary for the art school. Now, I'd been there the first year it opened. It's called the Harrison Center for the Performing Arts. It's still there, doing quite well. But our secretary, Teresa, she was moving jobs that year. Um, so she'd been, again, it's the first year of the school, so it was all new for everybody. She was really sweet, sweet secretary. All the kids liked her, and this is a high school arts school, so it's very different, very unique, and very small. And I worked with her in the office that summer, but she was retiring, not retiring, she was changing jobs, as I said. So I wouldn't have a going away party for her, and I was the kind of kid to make that happen, like the other kids helping them that summer in the office, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, let's make it happen. So I called and hired a singing telegram. I thought that'd be clever, right? And we'll all pull our money together and this will be fun. And, and somebody brought food. And so the day gets there and we're waiting for the singing telegram to show up. Nobody shows up. Nobody shows up. The party, our little office party is almost over. And finally this girl shows up. She's like 30 minutes late. I had already called now, this is before cell phones and all that. So I called the, the number and where is this person at? Oh, they're on their way. They're on their way. You know, she gets there. She sings. It's terrible. It's not a comedy singing telegram. She's just bad. Okay. Now I can't sing, but I know people that can't sing too. I know what, you know, you know how bad it is when you're hearing it. It was just, it was pathetic. It was like some of a bad movie. So she left and we paid her and it wasn't cheap. And I was 17, you know, when this was happening. So I called back, I think that same day. And the lady answered the phone, so-and-so, you know, it was a balloon singing telegrams, the whole thing. And I said, hey, you know, she, she was here at the party earlier, and she was late. Well, we apologize. And she was a terrible singer. And I hear this pause, and the lady's like, well, I think my daughter can sing very well, thank you. Oops. Well, it explains but, everything. Yeah, it explains everything, so. So this was in junior high school. I remember it was open, um, was it Meet the Teacher Night or whatever whatever the event was called. And I remember Mr. T-Vault. And I overheard him. He was talking to another parent. And he told that parent, he said, yeah. He said, I don't remember who the kid was. But he was mentioning how this kid had always made straight A's in, in history. And so that always stuck with me. And I'd always loved history anyway. So that was the thing. I... My grades were okay in school. I mean, I had decent grades, but I always managed from that time on. I always, it was just always something in the back of my mind thinking about Mr. T. Vault and hoping maybe someday he, he would mention about how I'd worked hard in history and, and had A's in history. So I remember that. And then I also, you know, Mr. Stillwell, I'm sure if you've talked to anybody, everybody's always, you know, he was always a teacher that you respected because he was a 
not a very large guy in stature, but I mean, that was a man that controlled a classroom just out of sheer respect. And it didn't matter if you were the kid in the back of the room with the sleeveless shirt and looked like you'd been in his classroom for four years, but <laughs> every, everybody respected respected him. And I mean, he just just prepared. I mean, he had everything. He had that syllabus down. You knew exactly what you needed to do to get those grades. And that was something that always, you just always respected him. He was someone. And, and I always remember Mr. Chambers was another one that was oh, really, yeah. he was always an interesting teacher. Like one of his uh, comments that he said was, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, her teeth were so big she could eat corn through a picket fence. And I, I wasn't really sure what that meant, but and he would. All, I can still see him to this day walking around, and he always. That's where his ties were always just a little bit too short. But he would walk around, and he had that that comment, you know, and he'd like Brad, and you could just hear him. Uh-huh. You could just still hear that that look, you know, and he was so tall, and he just kind of towered over everybody but oh and another teacher that i really liked was mr metzger and the coolest thing about mr metzger was i mean you know he's one of those guys that you know he, he loves sports and so he was a big iu fan I, and so i was an iu basketball fan too and so he actually got to go he went to the uh, louisiana superdome when iu won their last ncaa championship and so it was really cool i gave him some money and he picked up a program for me so i've got a program from the uh, from the NCAA championship that IU won, and he brought that, you know, he brought that back, and I just always thought that was so cool. So the next year we were watching that Indiana made the tournament again, and he allowed me to bring in a little thirteen-inch uh, color TV, and of course TVs back in those days, a thirteen-inch TV was still big and heavy, so I had to sit up in the back of the room watching Indiana get beat by Cleveland State. <laughs> And I'll always remember that. And I still see him to this day. He'll be out walking while I'm running, and we still always stop and, and chat and everything. But I always, I always liked Mr. Metzger. That was always cool. And actually, I think my daughter was the last class that he taught. He had her in class, and he, he she enjoyed him as well. So, yeah. had a first grade teacher, Miss Harris, at, at Logue Elementary. She's the only teacher that ever gave me a spanking in school. And unfortunately for her, we lived in the same neighborhood. And oh, a year or two later, uh, my family, we got a beagle for a pet, and I used to go walk him. And the first time or two I walked him, I realized, you know, he had to go to the bathroom once we started walking. <laughs> sometimes number one, sometimes number two. <laughs> and so her house was probably a quarter of the way around the block and i got to where i wouldn't let him stop until we got to her mailbox every time <laughs> we always like to pick on her we, uh, it was it's kind of bad to look back now but we were playing tag at night one night when it was snowing and she came out and got on to us and said i don't want anyone coming to my yard i don't want the snow disturbed well, that was the wrong thing to tell a whole bunch of kids because we waited till she went back in, and then we did snow angels in her entire yard. But there was no <laughs> snow in her yard that was untouched. <laughs> well, that's pretty nice. I mean, you could have wrote her name and urine if you wanted to. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> As I told you, I had a lot of trouble with some teachers, some that really maybe ruined me for many, many years. But there was a few that were good, and there was one I'll never forget. Her name was Mrs. Meyer. 
she was my third grade teacher, and she for some reason believed in me. As I told you, I was kind of at the bottom of the barrel, played by myself at recess, and I wasn't making good grades, but for some reason, she would talk to me and ask me a lot of things on my own about whatever she was teaching, and I heard her overtell another teacher that I was the smartest kid in the class, but she couldn't understand it because my grades were maybe some of the lowest. So... One day I bombed a uh, math test of some sort, and she couldn't understand why that could be. So she sat down with me with the same test, and she said, Okay, so Tim, there's some red apples and green apples on this paper. Take away all the green apples, and how many red apples do you have left? I said, Well, they're all red. Oh, And, And she gave me some other test. And she made me look at this circle thing with a bunch of dots in it and said, what do you see? I said, it's, it's a bunch of dots. So you couldn't tell the colors apart. Right. She's the one who figured out I was colorblind. And it was hurt me because everything was color-coded. So your grades were bad because right. you couldn't see the different colors. Right. I think this is true. Someone had even suggested I go to special ed before she caught this because I was doing poorly. She's amazing. Yeah. So I will never forget that. And when I went to go get tested for that officially by a doctor, they also found out that I was half blind. <laughs> and so I got glasses, which my, my grades improved, but my reputation went down even further. <laughs> Why did it go down? Because in America, you know, if you have glasses, you're four eyes, you're a nerd, you know, it's just one more reason for people to pick on you. But anyway, I, I, w- I wish I could find her and thank her because she really saved me from end up in you know special, special needs class. yeah and you know they say that sometimes you end up absorbing the people around you their behavior and their mentality and maybe i would have you know become really special needs had i been stuck in there but i think you would have yeah now whether my mom would allow them to stick me in special needs without a protest i doubt it she was my advocate so in high school, one of the teachers that was cruel to me, he wanted me on medicine, and he tried to demand to my mom that I get stuck on some medicine and calm me down. And she told him he just needed to be a better teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you had an advocate. Yes. <laughs> wow. So after having Mrs. Meyer, I really, even though, again, my social stature was still low, if not worse, at least I knew that I wasn't totally stupid, and there was teachers that were kind. Well, that was third grade, and at the end of third grade, they give you a piece of paper that tells you who you're going to get for a fourth grade teacher. And I looked at it, and the paper that they gave me, and my heart sank because it was this woman named Mrs. Stratner, Mm -hmm. and she was notorious for being very strict and maybe a little cruel. In fact, I never forget this. I was walking out, probably looked like a ghost because I'd lost all the blood in my face. Oh, after you were given the paper. Yeah, I was trying to walk down the hallway and Mrs. Stratner saw me and she said, Mr. Buchanan, I'll be seeing you next year. Oh, wow. (laughs) Just wrote in my face. And that was a terrible experience that whole year. So one of my problems was I was a little, I guess they call it ADHD or whatever now. But my mind wandered. I wasn't paying attention half the time. A lot of times I was thinking about a book I was reading. or I would just stare out the window a lot, I guess. And that got me a lot of trouble with other teachers. But Mrs. Meyer seemed to understand it and knew that was just how I was or how I learned, maybe. Anyway, Mrs. Stratton, of course, 
didn't accept that. I remember like one day I'd be staring at the window and just in another world, and all of a sudden I'd hear this sound. <laughs> and I noticed Miss Stratner had stopped teaching, and that she was coming towards you. Yeah, she wore knit pants and she kind of had thunder thighs, as we say. And they were <laughs> rubbing against each other as they were coming to get me. And she would grab me by the shirt, you know, and yank me out of the seat. I had to go stand against the wall or something. I'm sure she, in her mind, she thought she was doing the right thing. And maybe she was. But at the time, I didn't think so. What to me? It turned out okay. Somehow I scored you. <laughs> Afternoon in the hole. Eighth grade, the teacher, he was a big cut up, always joking around. And over the intercom, he said, Mr. So-and-so, we need you, you got a call at the front office. So he says, I'll be right back. He said, hey, so-and-so, take names. Anybody talks, you're getting a paddling. Well, I just thought, ah, you know, he's being silly, laughing, you know, goofy as I always is. So I'm talking to my friends and, you know, whatever. She comes, He comes back in. He's like, did you get any names? Hands of the paper. Mr. Sorrells, were you talking while I was gone? I was like, a little bit. <laughs> okay, step out in the hall with me. I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> so he goes and gets a witness, one of the other teachers, and I mean, lays and I mean, lays my crack on fire. Really? Yes. Man, I had to like, oh my God, that paddle was probably that thick, big old handle on it. I mean, just whop. I mean, literally lift me off the ground, hit me three times, and I'm trying to hold it together, and I'm like. No, like in, they're like, did it hurt? And I'm like, no, no, it didn't hurt. Of course, I was literally, my butt cheeks were like, just, like, feel my heartbeat, you know. And uh, they're like, did it hurt? I'm like, no. And he's like, like, all right, Mr. Sorrell, so it didn't hurt? Well, this may hurt. I'm calling your dad tonight. I was like, oh. <laughs> So, yeah, I I lost it after that. You know, I was, I'm, I was total Ralphie. I'm telling you, that is so mean. So I was in sixth grade. Mrs. Best was her name. I had had surgery. I guess it was sixth grade. I had some surgery, one of my surgeries. So I couldn't go to... Surgery on your face. Surgery on my face, right. So um, they wanted me to stay at a PE, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, And Mrs. Best came alongside me. She was very moody, very moody teacher. But she was one that really encouraged me and was always lifting me up. And um, especially during that time of sitting in the classroom by myself because I couldn't go to PE or whatever after the surgery. I also had a lot of, um, I wore a face brace for a while. Uh, it was like a chin to, to correct an underbite. Uh, so I literally wore, wore that to school sometimes. So Mrs. Best was always very encouraging to me. My fifth grade teacher, Miss Smith, she was really great too. I was a uh, ADHD kid, uh, even on medication, but it was back in the day when they weren't just handing out pills. If you wanted to get medication every six months, I had to go get an EEG. I had to be weekly seeing a psychiatrist to make sure that 
wasn't messing me up. And I was one of the kids that actually needed this stuff. I had a lot of behavioral problems. And this teacher, Miss Smith, was great. She was um, super strict. But um, she was also super predictable. You know, uh, if she wouldn't wait. I, I call it uh, writing a bill. You know those people that you wrong and they're just writing a bill and then one day the whole bill comes due, <laughs> right. right? They're like, ah, oh, you did this, this, and this, yeah. this. And she wasn't like that at all. You knew. Uh, she spelled out, hey, here are my boundaries and these are the consequences for going outside of the boundary. And the moment you cross that boundary, she knocked you all the way back inside. But that's predictable. And isn't that an environment that all kids want to be in? And here I am as a uh, gymnastics coach. What I do for a living is work with kids. And I remember who she was. And this is how I always try to teach. I don't try to be explosive uh, randomly and super nice the next day. I am who I am 100% of the time. And you know where my boundaries are. And you know what the consequences are going to be for being outside of those boundaries. And I thrived in, in that environment. If you're still in a 1980s mood, give In the Corner Back by the Woodpile episode 208 a listen. There we talk about all the jobs we had as teenagers, ranging from farm work to NASA. Also, if you'd like a little comedy and adventure, look for the Legend of the Like Totally Epic Journey Quest podcast series, which is some recordings of me and some friends playing a role-playing game set in the said decade. In the Corner Back by the Woodpile is produced by A Closet, A Pocket, and A Suitcase. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean.com. If you'd like to send us some hate mail, you can email us at SpunCounterGuy at Hotmail.com. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Cause I'm really gonna miss the graduating class, their school days